This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available. But if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at LoveSportRadio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit LoveSportRadio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword LoveSport. It is COVID-19 football nil. A catastrophic coronavirus has put paid to the Premier League for now at least. Not until April the 3rd can we focus back on fixtures if that even remains the case, of course. Callum Hudson-Odoi, he's at it. By judging by that social post from earlier today, he's resting up as per and seems to be in relatively good spirits. But what if you football fans, what if you Chelsea fans, more to the point, a resounding win last week against an informed Everton suggested Frank's fleet were back on track. But now we shall hold our breath and wash our hands as football takes an inevitable break. We do not, however. Oh no, no rest for the wickedest of wicked here on this, the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport, the station giving fans a voice. We've got your team covered with Churchill Business Insurance. It's me, Matt Beadle, joined as ever by the Chelsea fan cast, Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. I do stress, however, you can hear them breathing over the airwaves there that they are not in the studio. We are taking our own precautions here at Love Sport. Of course, we need to. Stanford Chidge, you are self-isolating. Well, I was going to say, Matt, it's very kind of you to self-isolate. 
isolate from us. <laughs> very, very, very nice to do that. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Do you know what? Even me laughing at that, I'm kind of torn at the moment as to as to what we can actually do with regards to uh, commenting on coronavirus and whether we can actually laugh and joke about it. I've got my mask on. <laughs> Have you got your mask on, kiddo? Yeah, sorry about this. Won't be able to, completely won't be able to hear me. Hang on, I'll just take it off. Okay. Oh, that's better. There he goes. Yeah. He's back. He's back. Good. I don't think you can catch anything through the microphone. You're okay. Oh, you never know nowadays. Cook, you can catch something through loo roll, can't you? I've been invited to a um, to a, a pasta and, p- and poo party. I didn't realise that was what you did. You bought pasta and you bought toilet roll when you went to went to the uh, um, to the supermarket nowadays. I don't quite know why. But, um, that's what you're doing, apparently. Um, yes, it's uh, it's uh, these are strange times. Blimey, how are we coping? So, fellas, this is the Chelsea fan show, of course. Now, Chelsea being the operative word there, we are going to get on to certain football matters towards the end of the show without a shadow of a doubt. We're going to be talking Billy Gilmore. We're going to be talking Leo Castledine, of course, a new signing from AFC Wimbledon. And that one is an exciting one to discuss. We'll be discussing the win against Everton last weekend. But simply, this situation, this scenario at the moment is too big to ignore. Now, all Premier League games suspended until April the 3rd. There is a West Ham away game on April the 5th, Stamford Chidge. Now, just from a fan's perspective, what is your take on all of this news coming out of late? Well, it's extreme measures for extreme times, isn't it, Matt? And, and the reality is, is that it has to be done. It really has to be done. I have to be honest, I, I'm amazed that they didn't do it earlier. I really am. It, so, in what it, so in what sense you're 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 amazed that the the government or that the Premier League? Because ultimately, you know, Boris Johnson did address the nation yesterday, didn't he? Are you guys okay? There, it sounds like you're actually falling over at the moment. I do hope you're all right. We, we're getting some feedback over the microphones. Um, What's happening? Help! Is there a bundle? Is there a fight going on? So the government have said, haven't they? The government have said they addressed the nation yesterday. Boris Johnson, of course, came out, kiddo, and he did speak to the nation and said, listen, at the moment, football is going to be going ahead. Sport is going to be going ahead. It might be a burden moving forward. It's taken less than 24 hours for the Premier League, the EFL, the WSL and many other governing bodies to come together and actually go, do you know what? Yes, that is what the Prime Minister said, but we are going to take matters into our own hands here. Isn't he trying to say, ultimately, they're trying to save the NHS at the moment, aren't they, with the burden of having too many people going in uh, saying that they've got the virus. So they're trying to contain it. I think that's the idea of cancelling all the sporting events. Um, But I I think there's such conflicting um, uh, rumour or even analysis of what's going on that it's very difficult to to tell uh, when the virus will be at its worst or what the symptoms are or um, the very fact that Hudson Adoy has said I've got it and then said I'm all right now and I haven't got it anymore you think well hang on that surely that's that's not what it's about surely you've you've got it and then what occurs I mean I don't even know what happens after you've got it does it mean you're still infectious or is there a period that you don't get it I mean we're we're all a bit too ignorant unfortunately about this and it seems to me to follow what the rest of Europe is doing which is to um, uh, not have the possibility of huge numbers of people getting it which of course they are in in certain parts of Europe um, uh, it's the way forward but I think he he, uh, I've heard some some stuff on the radio about how 
from certain uh, from doctors uh, uh, listening to LBC yesterday, a chap came on and said, we've got nothing to be worried about. We shouldn't. I think we're all overreacting. And then yet somebody else from America gives evidence saying that the the uh, the pandemic actually is it will be its worst in the autumn. Um, and uh, comparing it to the Spanish flu outbreak in the in World War One, which had a kind of um, uh, beginning and then nothing in a hiatus and then took off and 50 million people died. But I think that's being unbelievably alarmist. But it seems to me there are too many people uh, don't know. And I think that, that we've done the right thing in, in doing exactly what the rest of Europe are doing. Otherwise, also, we'd seem unbelievably peculiar and callous um, in, in not... Um, in not being sympathetic to the possibilities of people getting the, the, the virus. But it, I've also been told so many conflicting things about how the, the virus is transmitted. So uh, I, I almost feel that, that somebody should come up from the government and make a statement that is, that, that is slightly more clear. But on a sporting level, it seems absolutely the right thing to be doing to, um, to prevent large groups of people coming together uh, who, who would then they'd be more likely to be people contaminated so it, it's it's the it's the it makes sense to do it but i'm i'm a bit bemused by this april the 3rd date as to when it then will then will then get back to normal i mean that seems just to be a bizarre arbitrary date plucked from nowhere why have they chosen three weeks time why would anything be resolved in three weeks time i don't know what that's all about well it's interesting you say that kiddo because we did actually speak to dr sarah jarvis on the kelvin mckenzie show earlier on today with johnny burrow and uh, uh-huh. steve hodge earlier on today now dr sarah jarvis is the clinical director at patient access and here's what she said of course first and foremost about the precautions that everybody needs to take in place but actually answers some of those questions that you just raised there regardless of what any government is doing we should all be worried I agree in many respects with what the government is saying. There is a good science behind their recommendation to self-isolate for seven days from when you develop symptoms. Um, what we know is that the majority of people who are going to become more unwell will become more unwell, probably usually towards the end of that seven-day period. And what they're saying is not just self-isolate if you have a fever or you have a cough, um, but also self-isolate for at least seven days and if by the end of that time you continue to feel unwell or you become worse then you should go back and do the tool again if you become more unwell in the meantime and you become so unwell that you stop doing all the things you normally do then you should be seeking medical help you should be ringing 111 the point is that you are at your most infectious during that time. A lot of people who do not have coronavirus are going to be self-isolating the GP. Would you advise myself and uh, my, my family to steer clear of my el- more elderly parents or grandparents, my, and particularly children? Children yeah. can be asymptomatic, can't they? They can have very, very mild symptoms. Should they be sticking clear of their parents, uh, grandparents? Right. So that's a really good question. The problem is we don't yet know how infectious children are if they get those very, very mild symptoms. And that's one of the problems we have. With flu, we know that one of the reasons we recommend that all children are vaccinated against flu is that not only can they become much more seriously unwell, which does not seem to be the case with coronavirus, but also importantly, they are super spreaders when they have it. We do know that you are at your most infectious in your first week of symptoms. What we do not yet know is whether children are super spreaders normal spreaders, or indeed don't spread at all because Mm. their viral load is not high enough when they have those very mild symptoms. However, what I would very much say is that if you have elderly relatives and anybody gets the slightest hint 
of a snuffle, a tickly cough, a fever. My personal feeling is even if you do not, even if you've got a runny nose and cold-like symptoms but don't yet have a fever, I would keep everybody, including children, away from vulnerable elderly relatives. But if you're all entirely well, then I think it is going to be a challenge because we are probably in this, in fact, we are in this for the long haul, and the idea of elderly relatives not having anybody to see them for the next three or four months, I think is going to be a real challenge for them with loneliness. Dr. Sarah Jarvis there speaking on the Kelvin McKenzie show earlier on today. She's the clinical director at Patient Access. Just before I come back to you, gents, the all show commented on the idea of 30,000 people and, and social distancing, etc. But her comments were quite interesting because she said whether it's 30,000 or 1,000, it doesn't really make too much difference. I think it's a really interesting one. And it clearly, from your perspective, is extremely important and the millions of football fans and other sports fans in this country. What we need to bear in mind is that 30,000 people gathered in one place in the open air is almost certainly no more dangerous than, and may well be less dangerous than uh, a thousand times 30 people crammed into a stuffy pub breathing and coughing on each other. And I think that's really been part of the concern that, you know, given that not all sport is available in every home and not everybody can stay home to watch it, people are going to congregate. And if they congregate in small groups in enclosed spaces, they're putting themselves at, at just at just as much at high risk. So I think the idea of doing it behind closed doors and everybody going out down to the pub to watch it actually is completely wrong. The question is whether we should stop it altogether. There we go, gents. It seems to be completely wrong that we go and congregate at the pub. The overwhelming response from all the fan shows we've done thus far is that behind closed doors games are a simple no-no. It's a case of holding out, waiting, and then having football return to normal Stamford Chidge as it ordinarily should. Well, I couldn't agree more, Matt. I thought the whole idea of, you know, holding uh, matches behind closed doors is just a non-starter. I mean, it is it just defeats the entire object of, of the whole blooming sport as far as I'm concerned. So I would rather they did exactly what they've done, which is suspend it or even cancel the season until, you know, this whole, this whole thing clears up. But I think that doctor's point was really salient because you've had it from the government. Oh, well, there's no point uh, shutting major sporting events right now because we're not hitting the peak of it. But that's spurious because the reality is you, you may have a, about as much chance of getting it with 40,000 people in the stadium as you would with three people in a, in a small stuffy room. But the reality is you're sitting next to somebody in a stadium who might have it, or you're going to the tube, to the, uh, on the tube to the match next to somebody who might have it. So it's the whole package, isn't it? It's not just sitting in the stadium. So it's absolutely the right decision that they've come to. But as I said earlier on, I think they, you know, they could have done this a while ago rather than dithering about it. The problem is, though, does it mean that there are, are other uh, environments, um, even like the workspace or even uh, in the gym, that you shouldn't be uh, attending at all if you're going to be passing it round? Well, where well, do yes, you draw John, the line? It's not just John. sporting I mean, events, is it? All week, all week, I've been talking about with my colleagues about moving a lot of the work that I do online or by phone rather than face-to-face because, you know, if you sit in a room with one person, you know, and they're infected, you're going to get it, basically. So, you know, it has to be taken really, really seriously. And and as I said, I'm really surprised that they didn't act sooner. But I think a lot of this, going from the coverage that I've seen, has something to do with this kind of herd immunity that they're talking about, where actually, um, you know, getting exposure to it is, is seen as perhaps 
a better way we're dealing with it in the long term. Although, you know, I am no virologist or doctor, so my expertise in this area is absolutely non-existent. And that ultimately is, is been part of the problem, isn't it? Is that especially with, with social media and all the different claims that are being made by various people, ultimately we just have to listen to the experts. Experts on football, of course, Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd will come up next on the Chelsea Fan Show. We've got plenty more to discuss. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. Hi guys, as you may be aware, I had the virus for the last couple of days, which I've recovered from. I'm following the health guidelines and self-isolating myself from everybody for the week. I hope to see everybody soon and hopefully be back on the pitch very soon. Take care. Callum Hudson-Odoi there, the Chelsea player who had been tested positive for coronavirus. Like he said on that social media post that he put out earlier, gents, he's in recovery. He's over the worst of it. So hopefully we'll see him back in action not before too long. Of course, April the 3rd is when we might see some football teams, maybe some players. Who knows what is going to happen with this? But Chidge, just to to get your reflection as a football fan right now and, and how this feels for you as a football fan, the, the spectacle of, of a Saturday afternoon. I know that health come first and I know that we've heard from various um, people throughout the course of the day, various managers as well coming out saying, listen, uh, health is what is important over football. But it changes things drastically for football fans, doesn't it? Well, it does, Matt. I mean, what are we going to talk about for the next few shows? No, I mean, you know what? We'll be fine because we can talk the hind legs of a donkey. But I think it's really interesting. I've just written a piece of Football London on this very issue. And one of the points that I make is that one of the reasons why the Premier League and or the government have to make this decision is that, you know, we as supporters simply can't be trusted to, to do the right thing. You know, we're so emotionally attached and invested in football. It's just too much of a pull. I mean, for example, you know, Chelsea got Bayern Munich, or they, they had Bayern Munich uh, fixed the fixture next week, uh, which was going to be played behind closed doors. It's now been cancelled, as we know. But I know plenty of people who would have still gone out there, even if they wouldn't have been able to get inside the stadium, just to be near the team, just to be around, just to be with mates having a drink in the pub. You know, we, we, we find it impossible to extricate ourselves from the event and the football. So we won't do the right thing. So I think actually cancelling it or postponing it or whether has to be the right decision because of that. But, you know, it's, it's a huge loss because the other thing that, that you don't take into account, something we often say on these shows, the difference between going to a match and, and watching at home on the TV, wherever you happen to be in the world, is that you miss, you miss that camaraderie. You miss that congregation, that human contact, seeing your mates every other week the whole kind of ritual of it and, the, and the, the delightful community that you create. And to not have that for certainly the next three weeks, but quite possibly until maybe September or whatever, that's a huge loss for people. So it's going to be tough. Kiddo, I want to touch on what you think should happen from here on in because... There's been much banter, I suppose you could say. Neil Lennon has come out, hasn't he, today and said, listen, we've played over 30 games. No one's going to take our title away from this. It should be our title up in Scotland with Celtic and we just take the average points difference over the course of the next the next games and we'll be ruled as champions. Now, I'm sorry, that's not how football works. Football works very differently to that. So what's your opinion on what should happen? Because as she just said there, listen, this might stretch all the way to September. We haven't finished the season yet. No one's been crowned champions. No one's won the FA Cup. No one's won the Champions League. What, in your opinion, should we actually do from here on in? Well, when the Second World War broke out, I think Huddersfield were winning the the, the league at the time and um, uh, by miles, and uh, they weren't awarded it. It was just null and void. 
as were all the results uh, consequently. And then it started up again in uh, 1946. And you, otherwise, you just had all those war tournaments that took place. So um, that's a precedent. Um, uh, I think it's going to be very difficult to calculate the, uh, the places for the Champions League. Perhaps you just start again. Um, uh, it, it, it's tricky, isn't it, with Liverpool so far ahead? But in actual fact, I suppose you, you should really just treat the season as unfinished. And uh, not an asterisk against it. Yeah, you know, JK. Yeah. You know, I'm you're afraid. Talking, talking I'm afraid it's a dreadful thing for Liverpool supporters. But um, well, it is. Isn't that's, it? that's that's just the way. You know, the the, 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 the it's more important that pe- people are well. I'm afraid than football. But as you say, Chidge, be an enormous hole in people's social lives. Oh my goodness me! Um, but not only that, it's it's a question of knuckling down, isn't it? And just accepting the fact that you you've got to. Uh, try to to deal with with the crisis um but i i no i'm 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 sure they're all thinking about this at, at the moment i as, as i said this april the third date is a very peculiar thing to come up with i don't know where that's what that's about as if somehow in three weeks time it'll all be over which of course it won't it's we're going to get more if it's anything like italy it's exactly there'll be more and more um people infected and more and more people trying to deal with it and uh um, it, but it is. It's the the awful thing is is the very thing that that we enjoy going to the football for is probably more likely to spread it than actually attending the game yeah. itself. It's going to the pubs beforehand. It's going to the enclosed spaces. Um, and the, it, 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 I don't know how anybody would, would stop celebrating or embracing each other if you score a goal. That'd be the most bizarre <laughs> thing if you were yeah. watching. God. No tongue, JK. No Stand tongue. still. No, nothing. Yeah. No, we can't. No, we'd have to do elbows, do feet or do punches. Um, but I, 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 um, uh, I fear that that's it now. I think the season is, is completely ended. Uh, and, uh, you know. Do you really? So you, you you really think that, guys? You think that that's because yeah. I, I've tried yeah. to I tried to remain positive here and, and hold out hope. But the more I listen to you, the more I read into it, and I have to be brutally honest. Before yesterday, maybe the day before, I'd been quite aloof with all of this information. I thought, you know what? It'll pass. It'll blow over. It's not going to be that bad. It was only when I was on air last night, I think, that Mikel Arteta popped up. I received a phone call from my mum earlier on in the day, and she sounded, you know, quite concerned about it. It was only then that I thought, actually, this is real. And seeing Mikel Arteta, seeing, you know, the four players at Sampdoria now that have been tested positive, of course, Daniel Rugani at Juventus as well, it is it is really real. Callum Hudson-Odoi, of course. So I suppose, yeah, I, I buy into what you're saying. And if it is over... I mean, what happens with the Euros? Therefore, if you had the the opportunity, gents, so say the the power the governing body said, right, we are going to cancel Euro twenty twenty and we're going to finish all domestic campaigns throughout the summer, that would be a better option, would you not say? Well, again, on the on the presumption that it's all done by then, because mm. from what I understand, you know, the peak of this is is now forecast to be in May and June, so. It's still cutting it very fine. And the reality is, even if they do knock out the European Championships, then they're going to want to do that again. I mean, I think they have to do that, given the fact that it's spread across 12 European countries. That's just unmanageable, isn't it? But uh, even if they knock that out till, say, next summer, it still has knock-on effect. Everything that that is happening now is going to have a logistical knock-on effect. Uh, The other thing, Matt, I just wonder, you know, about the the decision-making here. I mean, it's easy for us to just sound off and go, well, obviously, you know, we hate it because we love 
watching football, but we understand it because, you know, we can understand the health implications here. But the, the Premier League and the football clubs have got an enormous uh, amount of financial uh, and legal considerations as well. There's going to be lo- legal liabilities if the Premier League, you know, uh, kind of stop the league. I mean, Liverpool are going to be, you know, pretty unhappy, let's face it. There's all sorts of other considerations. The clubs, you know, will stand to lose a lot of revenue. Will they have to, you know, pay us our season ticket money back? The lower league clubs will suffer because they, you know, match day income for them is, is their lifeblood. Uh, you know, they've got yeah. got temporary yeah. staff who work there on a match day whose income depends on that. There are so many considerations and knock-on inf- impacts on all of this. Way but into our lives whether generally. JK and I are upset because we don't see the football. What, mate? Yeah, it, it's going to it's going it's going to uh, impinge upon um, all our in every aspect of my. For example, yeah. my next week discovery where I work regularly is is closed. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm not working. They're not working. So yeah. um, that's that's the whole infrastructure of a of of, of a, a huge company dealing with making television programs, uh, hoping that you'll be able to do it remotely. So they're suggesting already. You've got to stick it. You know, they want their staff doing it from home and they want everybody supplying doing it from home. So that's creating its own isolation. And I'm very confused by the whole Hudson Odoi situation, because surely if he's got it, he must have infected other members of the team. I Absolutely. Think this is just the, the, the well, beginning this, of this it. is the concern, isn't it? And, and I go back to that example with Manolo Gabbiadini, who did play in the Premier League with Southampton at, at Sampdoria. You know, three other players. I think the club doctor at Sampdoria has got it as well. All it takes is for one entire squad to be tested positive, And then that surely is the end of the line. And with nine games to go, and listen, regardless of what you think of Liverpool and whether you, you want them to, to not have that first title in 30 years, we are all quite romantic about football here, gents. We're all quite traditional about our beliefs of football and, and how we've watched it over the years. You simply cannot give a team a title, regardless of the form that they might be in. And let's not forget that Liverpool are wobbling to a certain extent. And we all know that, listen, come the end of the season, they if it gets to that point, they will be crowned Premier League champions. But they're not in the best run of form at the moment. Can you just go, right, here you go, Liverpool, here's the Premier League trophy, without the season being no. over, kiddo? Definitely not. Um, I think symbolically they could do it, couldn't they? But it will always be a season that was never ended for them. So um, I, 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 I don't think you can. I'm trying to think if it was us. As a Chelsea fan, I'm sure everybody would be not happy, JK. Come on. We wouldn't be happy. But at the same time, we would. Well, I suppose it would then be a task for us the following season to replicate that superiority. We would see it as a, as a, a challenge. So I think there'd be a positive from it. But at the same time, considering they've been so superior, it, 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 it would be a blow. But you... According to the, even, I'm sure, the rules of the competition, if the competition's not completed, you can't award them the trophy. It's as well, simple as who's that. To say that. Who's to say there wouldn't be a legal challenge if they were? Yeah, I bet you there would be. That, I bet you there would yeah, be, but I bet it would be yeah. thrown out. I bet, I bet it would be what, well, what are the rules of the competition. It's always down to the rules of competition. If the competition, for whatever reason, isn't completed, then you can't award the trophy. I think that's the well, case. Well, indeed. I mean, as I say, my, my worry is about how on earth they... Somebody talked about some coefficients. I don't know what they were talking about, how you could work out whether who should qualify for the Champions League next year. So, uh, uh, because it, it's all of that aspect of it as well, isn't there? Who, it, what, what, what's happening in the, in next, if the next season does start? If the well, it's interesting, starts, isn't it? Because the, ger- the no German League... When this is going to finish. Say again, the German, leagues have, 
No, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut across you. The German leagues have done something, you know, along those lines to kind of stop it where it is and award, you know, wherever you finished up to that point will be where you finish, you know, for going to the Champions League. And I think they're talking about the interesting thing they're doing is the promotions still stand from Bundesliga 2 and they'll just be added into the league next season, which seems to be crazy from me. I mean, you, you were talking about precedence earlier on, Jonathan, weren't you? It was actually, it was actually Blackpool. Yeah. Who were leading the, Sorry, uh, the Division One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Blackpool. Yeah. That was in thirty-nine, uh, the thirty-nine yeah. forty season. So in September, when they declared war, they basically abandoned the season. And Blackpool had a hundred percent record. They won all their three games, uh, and and oh, that was, was it. it. I it thought was it was later on in the season than that. Oh, no, you, it was only three I, games. I apologise. I apologise for my ignorance. In that. So it is a precedent, but it's very, very different because, of course, most of the season's been played out here. And technically, as you said, Liverpool only need two wins and they've got the title. So it's a very different situation. By the way, for, for the record, and to make this more about Chelsea, as we always have to do, Chelsea finished 11th that season with one win and one draw. Great way to end that section. I like I like that, uh, Chidge. Just bringing it always back to Chelsea. And a nice correction as well. We always take that too here on the Chelsea <laughs> Fan Show. Uh, yes, got... I'm, now, I'm now ashamed. No, of course. don't pick it up. Don't be ashamed. You've got nothing to be ashamed of, my friend. Definitely not. It's the Chelsea Fan Show. We are halfway through. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices – it's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. It's the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport with me, Matt Beadle, and the boys from the Chelsea Fan Cast, Stanford Chidge, John and Jonathan Kidd. We have... <laughs> there he is. Mate, there you go. We've always got to get it on. I'm sorry, I, I don't know whether we got it in earlier, did we? I slightly spoke no, earlier. No, I tried. Oh, I tried you had your mask over. Oh, my apologies. My apologies. This is the station giving fans a voice, of course, where you can take the stress out of managing your business with Churchill. Churchill Standard Policy provides £1 million of public liability cover with access to our 24-7 legal helpline, not to mention a range of add-ons including cover for your tools and business equipment, personal accident and employer's liability insurance. Visit the public liability page on churchill.com. Churchill is underwritten by UK Insurance Limited. This is the Chelsea Fan Show. We are talking about the impact that coronavirus, of course, has on the Premier League. And, gents, we've also got to talk contracts 
here because a certain Willian is out of contract in June, uh, the end of June, on June the 30th. Now, he's one of a few Premier League players, of course, who are out of contract in the summer. Now, if this, this situation rumbles on into the summer post-June the 30th, and Willian hasn't signed a new deal. He's, of course, free to speak to other clubs. We are finding ourselves in quite the situation, aren't we, Chidge? Um, well, I, I, you know, this whole Williams thing, and I, I'm sure, you know, there, are, there may be many others about this, but it just, it just absolutely, yet again, Matt, exemplifies what we've been saying, that it's almost impossible to gauge what the impact and the knock-on effect of all of this are. But if, for example, they are resuming... I don't know. Some, I mean, you know, I think June the first is the cut-off date, isn't it, for transfers? You know, there's a possibility that that William could jump ship to Spurs. It would give them an advantage in the race for for top four. So it's just absolutely mad. I, I I really don't know where to go with all of this. But I mean, I think in this context, something has to be done. So they have to say, well, if we are extending the season uh, beyond the time that they normally would, then they el- they also have to shift the transfer window. But again, that's going to have knock-on effects. So it's just, to be honest, you know what? And I'm the, probably about the least sympathetic person to the Premier League and the people who run the game. But I have to say, I do have some sympathy for them here. It's going to be a nightmare. Well, we are in a situation, aren't we, kiddo, whereby it is wild speculation at the moment. And this is what's quite difficult about where we go from here. You mentioned the date there, April the 3rd. That's kind of just been thrown out there. The feeling behind the scenes that we're getting from various journalists is that quite clearly everybody thinks that's never going to happen. We're not going to be back in action at the beginning of April. And similarly, these situations with contracts, I mean, like Chiz has just said there, you know, we could potentially defect to Spurs and give them an advantage. Surely that would never be allowed to happen, but we just don't know right now. Well, for a start, I'd like to know who came up with this April the 3rd idea. That seems so ludicrous as if somebody at the at the Premier League or wherever has thought that this whole thing would be worked out in two and a half weeks. I mean, it's just bizarre but um i mean i suppose that the, the way you resolve that isn't it is by saying uh, the whole season ends and that they that it's not going to resume they're not going to try and play the nine matches in a very short space of time um so uh, because that that would resolve everything you wouldn't then have the problem you could then have the transfer window as as usual and um william would be definitely on his bike because he's not interested in uh, in in he only wants a three-year contract, which I think is deliberately trying to say he wants to get out of playing for the club personally, because he knows that they're not going to offer him a three-year contract. Because uh, um, they don't do that if you're over 30. I mean, I think Louise was lucky to get two, so he's not ever going to get a three. So um, he wants away. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think the. I mean, you might have that terrible thing of of when you make an arbitrary date. The, the season resuming and then have to play. It will be the most fantastic football season, end of football season ever. You've got to play all all the remaining nine games in ten days or something. It would be, um, uh, I don't know, it would be it would be a, a complete football delight. I mean, we'd be in seventh heaven watching as many games as we possibly could. But uh, um, you know, they, they then they, they they if they and if there's any opportunity of then delaying the beginning of next season, I think they'd prefer to cancel. Um, but once again, it's all in the lap of the gods. I don't, uh, you know, we can't make, make a, uh, a concrete decision about this at all. But, uh, but yeah, the whole business with contracts is clearly a, a, a huge problem. That, uh, as I say, no doubt they are discussing in the the great halls of uh, of power in the, in the Premier League and the FA at this moment. Would you, Chidge, 
from what Kiddo has said there, would you take the possible scenario of, say, it all gets cleared up and everything's fine by mid-August, and then we recommence the remaining nine games of the season from you know mid-August through to the end of September, let's say, and then we take a two-week break, two, three-week break, and then we're back into action. Yeah, would you would you be in favour of that? No, I wouldn't. I would, think I think some you know some somewhere along the line. Jay, I'm I'm with JK on this. I think some somewhere along the line you have to let it go. You know, the one thing you cannot claw back ever. All right, this is a fact, a chidge fact. Is time. Once it's gone, it's gone. And I mean, if you try and cram everything else in, it just it just has impacts further down the line. And I think that I think that what I think JK's right. I think what will happen is that. April the 3rd or 4th or whatever it is, is a spurious date, which they're just basically, basically what they're trying to do is put it in some sort of a holding pattern at the moment. It'll probably be worse then than it is now. And then at some stage between then and the end of the, the purported end of the season, they'll cancel it. Because I just can't see any other way around doing it. It's just going to create so much chaos further down the line if they don't. But is football, Chidge? Is football not... It works differently to that. Can we just accept that a season ends with, with everything that well, we've you, spoken you, you, about leading... Like, Think of all the Chelsea fan shows and everything that we've discussed and all the games yeah. that we've talked about and where we hope to yeah. be at the end of the season. Can, can football just suddenly just yeah, stop? of course it can. Let it go, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, what you're trying to tell me is that football can time shift. I'm impressed. <laughs> but but I've done it can't, that, man. It, it can't. Let it go. <laughs> Chaps, the, to me, the idea of somebody thinking we could get all our revenue back in a two-week period that we've lost, I, I would think is, is, will be suggested. You know, if they can find a finite date for it to finish and say, right, let's do that. everything in two weeks. It wouldn't surprise me just because it's, it, you know, it's a, it's a business. And if they Bloody could find course, a way yeah. of somehow... Uh, making that money back they'll have a go there's a possibility yeah, yeah, yeah without without a shadow of a doubt, gents. Right, I think we're done talking coronavirus for this particular Hooray! show, right? Yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on from COVID-19. <laughs> Next up, we're going to be talking Billy Gilmore, Ross Barkney, Mason Mountley, or Castle Dine, as I mentioned there, the win against Everton. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. The Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me and Matt Beadle with the guys from the Chelsea Fan Cast, Stanford Chidge and Jonathan Kidd. Just a quick reminder that from the 31st of March, Love Sport's national station will be the only way of listening to Love Sport on DAB radio across the UK. If you are listening to us on Love Sport London, you need to retune your radio. It's an easy process. Just press the auto-tune, refresh or auto-scan button on your digital radio or go into the menu and press auto-tune to make sure you do not miss your favourite shows right here on Love Sport. Of course, of which this right here, the Chelsea Fan Show, is one. Now, gents, we're going to turn our attention to football now and that win over Everton last week, an emphatic win over Everton last week. Yet again, another performance from the boy, Billy. We're going to hear from him first and then we'll come to you guys for some reaction. Here's what he had to say after the game. It's a bit surreal still coming on, playing with top players, do you know what I mean? But this is something that I've been dreaming of and when I go out there, I need to show that I'm not just a pass, like a passenger. Like I need to be there and do something different in the team to keep my position in the team. Uh, but the, the boys in the team have been brilliant with me. The, Tony Rudiger's been brilliant with me, always talking, Aspie's always talking, giving me a real confidence so they have when I'm going to training, when I'm going into the games and 
it's that's something you need as a young player is that confidence. Uh, if you couldn't, if you don't have that confidence, you're not going to play well. You're going to be a bit under pressure, a bit naive. But I loved it, so I did. And the first team boys uh, do really well with the youngsters. He loved it, so he did. Billy Gilmore there after his great performance, speaking to Chelsea TV after the the win over Aston Villa. Kiddo, I've got to say, for such a young lad, one, we'll get onto his footballing ability in a moment, but two, doesn't he speak well? He sounds like a seventy-five-year-old. <laughs> it's slightly worrying. Yeah, he's he's um, he's very together. They made a they, they got it right there, didn't they? The Blues, blimey. Um, um, I love the fact that he's come in and played so well. And in fact, giving the lie to this business, there's been a bit of a, an argument at the moment about um, the reason that suddenly um, Pedro and others are playing well is because they've been given and Barkley game time. And I don't believe in that at all. I'm sorry, they play football um, every day of their lives. And like uh, even like Alonso, they've come in and uh, played out of their skin. And, um, you know, they have to take the opportunity and the chance when it's there. My goodness, has he, he done that. But I, I don't think we, should, we shouldn't miss out. He, he's slightly taken the, the credit away from Mason Mount, who had a completely phenomenal game against Everton um, and looked much more the part. And thus, I think probably he, he's been a bit... Uh, you wonder whether he's been a bit tired. I mean, I like the fact that Gilmore's come in at this stage of the season because um, he, he hasn't been subjected to all the rigours of playing in the Premier League. But uh, he's clearly a very class actor. May I say, reminds me of a character from the 60s. He reminds me of Bobby Collins, who used to play for Scotland. He was about five foot four and uh, a little general for Leeds um, and just bossed everybody around. And he was Scots as well in a very similar way. It's this ability he seems to have to um, choose passes and push them forward. I mean, the big unfortunate comparison is going to be with Jorginho who, despite you know, a wonderful eye, tends to play the ball backwards and sideways and doesn't get his foot in as much as, uh, as Gilmore does. Gilmore, he seems to be in a, a, a wonderful tradition of Scots midfield players, going back to, to Bremner. And um, um, I can't think of anybody else at the moment other than Billy Bremner and Bobby Collins. But um, that kind of uh, um, no-nonsense uh, reads the game beautifully. Great deal of time. And uh, very, very impressive displays against um, uh, against Everton and uh, who the other team they beat easily, and Liverpool, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that was the major performance because I think Everton were were very poor um, in comparison with Liverpool. But uh, um, he um, he clearly is a, a, a top a top purchase, and uh, I'm I'm um, wasn't he one of the players that they in fact caused the UA for bad? There a, yeah. a doubt over how he'd been uh, he'd been purchased in the first place, but yeah, well, one of the great he, he really has come to the fore, and this is a real positive of Frank's managerial uh, uh, era, the, the the Lampard era, and the and the club relying on on the the academy because uh, um, he looks like a, a a player for the ages for Chelsea. My goodness me, what a talent! He's not bad, I, is he? Is he, Chidge? No, I, well, I agree with all of that. I thought Jonathan put that beautifully and very eloquently. And he's right about that. I made the point about him being like, he reminded me of Billy Bremner as well, actually, JK. And not, not, not least because he can put his foot in, but also he's yeah. got class and he can, yeah. he's got a yeah. good touch. And I think, I think we'll see him get in the box and score goals. But I think for me, 
that it's not just about Gilmore. It's not even just about Mason Mount. I agree with you there, JK, because I thought he had a super game as well. And he is so fundamental to what Frank wants to do. But I just think that that midfield combination worked so well because we had a player like Gilmore in there who can not only screen the defence and leave them less exposed and vulnerable like they have been all flaming season, but he can also move the ball forward quickly. So he's got that combination of what a proper midfielder should do, which is to be the real, you know, protector of the defence, but the instigator of the attacks. And he I seems to do it so naturally. Defence looked better. Two clean sheets, JK, more, more and solid. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No coincidence exactly at all. Absolutely no coincidence correct. for me, absolutely. Yeah. The dilemma is, of course, with all this momentum, maybe we are talking about it, but they're not playing. So uh, that may be that. We may have discovered him. But at least I think the whole of the, the team has been held together by him, actually. It's interesting, isn't it, how one solid performer in a really essential position can can affect the whole team because uh, they, there was a solidity and a pattern about them that looked inexorable in the first 20 minutes. I mean, as the bloke behind me said, that's the first time they've scored two goals in the first 20 minutes since I can remember. And uh, at the bridge, you know, because I think early in the season we were doing that. But that was a different form of football. He was playing more quickly, Frank, at the beginning. That was actually a performance. It was a Chelsea performance of old, that, with having Giroud so, so masterful up front um, and holding the game together and having even Pedro playing out of his skin, um, despite not having the legs for it, because the pattern was right. And him allowing Alonso then to push forward into his best position, which is in the penalty area, delivering, you know, great crosses and, and great shots. And you didn't then worry about Alonso getting back. It was the, it's the perfect, it was like they've arrived at this through a mistake, through injury, through injury and suspension, they've arrived at this pattern, which is um, tactically works the best I've seen it work, using Giroud. But it's about balance, JK, isn't it? Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. And that's the point. I think that's what, what Gilmore has managed to bring to the team. And I think you, you're spot on about Alonso. You know, most people would have thought, oh, we can't have Alonso playing in a back four. You know, he'll get rinsed for pace. But actually, Pedro obviously helped him out. But of course, if Pedro couldn't, you had Gilmore able to cover as well. Barkley, yeah. we haven't mentioned him yet. Now, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to get yeah. too excited about Barkley <laughs> because he's flattered to deceive so many times. But having Gilmore yes. playing in midfield enables Barkley to push further up knowing yeah, that if yeah. he screws up and loses the ball, as he invariably does, somebody can get him out of the mess. So it, it yeah. worked really well collectively, and I think it's all about balance, mate. You're right. I do think as well, gents, it's of course worth a mention for Armando Broja as well, Tino, and you're in coming mm. in as well. I think it. I read a stat earlier on in the week that it's eight academy youngsters that Frank has given a debut to yeah. this season as well. Tamori and Tammy as well, you can chuck into that mix, but I think they played one game under under Gus Hiddink many, many moons ago. But that is a phenomenal figure, isn't it? And I have to say, I, I love Tino's effort when he came on. I think it was his first touch, quite clearly a little bit excited. Smash! Proper jo- John Smith <laughs> have it into Rose Ed. But brilliant, because that just it shows wasn't. the enthusiasm of the lad. Well, he didn't phase yeah, him what? either, did it? It didn't phase him at all. I think that's that's the beauty of it. I, don't, I think the the fact that he was there, he was like, no, I'm going to buy into this straight away. I'm going to have a dig early on. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, listen, if you were chasing... Oh, I wish he'd uh, 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 Well, I mean, the roof would have come off, wouldn't it? 
Well, the oh, roof nearly did come off because he hit the roof, didn't he? <laughs> 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 but good to see those youngsters, kiddo. I mean, eight eight debuts well, is I mean, massive for I, a season. I said at the time, when it was, because at 53 minutes, I think it was 4-0, I said, at least now we know that he's got the cushion. He'll bring the, he'll bring the two boys on. And he did. And uh, But I thought, it, you know, that I, I thought they were slightly out of their depth, actually, because it was the first time they'd played. And you then compared it with the... The, uh, the calm assuredness of Gilmore in, in, uh, looking against them coming on. They were, they were a bit um, agog, I felt, by the whole experience. But the fa- I've seen, to, I've seen um, Aberin play on, uh, uh, on the, 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 the app on Chelsea TV, and he's a talent, my goodness me. He's, um, he's, uh, he, he bosses all the youth games. So it's only a matter of time before he makes the... Uh, the shift upwards. I mean, in terms of youth, in terms of using the academy, I think this has been one of the most positive things about Frank's managerial um, career so far is they've got all these really excellent players that were before were just being being avoided by managers coming in who didn't know what they were capable of. And here they all are, all with great potential. It's, uh, it, it, as I, we said before, um, Gilmore would never had an opportunity like this under any other manager. And it's uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, club. It certainly is great to see, gents. We've got about five minutes to go. So listen, we don't know what's going to happen. April the third. Talk about the Villa game, Matt. <laughs> yeah, did I did it all in prep? <laughs> I had a ticket. Chidge, I was going. I was oh, going. No, no. Oh. I bought oh, a ticket dear. for Leicester as well. I was going. No. <laughs> Oh, mate. Well, of course, news will come out, won't it, as and when, as to how fans might be able to be reimbursed. Of course, fans travelling out to Germany, fans travelling all over the world to watch football. But if I was to say, right, the Premier League is over, it's not going to come back on April the 3rd, Chidge, and we were to draw a line under it, as we've discussed throughout the show this evening, how would you review this season under Frank Lampard, his first season in charge of the club? I think it, I think he'd get a, a, a really good high eight out of ten because it's totally uh, exceeded my expectations. Jonathan and I talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, and we were both very honest and said that we didn't really expect to be, you know, much better than mid-table, uh, given everything that had happened, given that we were going to have to field a lot of inexperienced young players, that we had lost Hazard, and that we couldn't replace any of the losses that we'd had because of the transfer ban. And of course, you know, don't forget, this is Frank's first big job and his first job in the Premier League. So to be fourth and to be in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup and to be one of two... Having beaten Liverpool. Having beaten Liverpool, absolutely spot on, JK. But also being one of only two English clubs still left in the Champions League. Uh, We've lasted longer than both Tottenham and Liverpool, the current European champions. How can you not be happy and impressed with that? And then add to that, as J.K. said, the, the blooding of so many youngsters from the academy. For me, it's, a, it's, it's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well done, Frank. I, I think the, it's been helped by the fact that um, Gilmore has suddenly come to the fore and we've played so fantastically the last two. I think he's, he's, he, the, the timing of the close of the season, if it's to be, is, it, is really rather excellent for Frank. But at the same time, it, it gives you a kind of uh, ability to, to assess what's been going on in a, a slightly more positive way, just because, and that fact, it makes the, 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 end, the possible end of the season happening now such a shame, given the momentum that this team has created in the last few performances. And I think they'd have taken Villa to the cleaners and would have been uh, difficult for Leicester to deal with as well. So uh, it, it's uh, it's a real shame that we're we're not carrying on with the season so it far is. as it is. 
Yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only thing, Matt and Jake, I, I, I agree with you. I think that Everton game was was huge, actually, because we've had such trouble yeah. at home breaking teams down, and to completely, you know, hammer Everton four nil, which we did. I mean, it could have been way more than that, and we hardly gave them a squeak uh, at the other end. That was massive, and I think that could have been a real turning point in really putting teams to the sword and got the confidence back. The only worry I had, uh, looking towards the run-in was with Man United, who also seem to have picked up. And they have a much, they had a much easier run-in. And there was a worry that I had that, you know, given that we had a few tough matches as well, that they might have caught us. But other than that, I'm fairly confident we could have finished top four. All right, gents, it's been great having you on for another hour, as always. Shame you weren't here mm. in the studio and we couldn't look at each other as we did the show this week. Kiddo, any plans for the weekend? What are you going to do? <laughs> I think that is enough. That says exactly what it is. Chid, what have you got planned? Uh, put my feet up tomorrow and then I'm on this Sunday breakfast show with Mort, of course. Oh, of course you are. So you're here in the studio. Make sure you mm. tune in to Stamford Chidge on Love Sport Weekend Breakfast, of course, tomorrow morning from 8 p.m. This has been the Chelsea Fan Show with the boys from the Chelsea Fancast. We will be back next week. Same time, same place here on Love Sport, 7 p.m. every Friday evening. No doubt there will be plenty more to discuss. They may not be football, but there will certainly be ramifications for what happens with coronavirus throughout the football world. Join us next week. for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.